Blog Talk Radio. Hey there, everyone. This is Danny Myers from Cosmic Crash, and you're listening to the Lena Jones Morning Sparkle. Good morning, Diamonds. How's everybody doing on this beautiful, glorious morning? Wednesday morning, it's hump week. We're halfway there during the week. Um, before the weekend, we only have a few more days to go. Only a couple, to be exact. <laughs> Welcome to my show, my Morning Sparkle show. And I hope you enjoy it. I'm here for about 60 minutes to do some interpretations. Um of the Bible, actually, I am in the book of Nehemiah, and this is part four, and just to kind of dive into things, because there's a um, quite a bit of things I want to get covered, <laughs> we're going to go over from chapter five all the way in, in the 60 minutes, plus I want to play some music, <laughs> so let's uh, let's go ahead and get started. Now, when we last talked about Nehemiah, we talked about the people picking up their shield to fight and how God uh, was blessing them to do it. See, before the times of Jesus Christ, before Jesus Christ came, uh, God authorized people to fight. He authorized them to pick up their weapons and fight through prayer. He protected the people because the people prayed first before going out to battle. Just like we should do before we go into any situation that we think is going to be a battle, we should always remember to get yourself prayed up first. Um, anyone could pick up a gun. Anyone could pick up a gun and fight. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win. Mm-hmm. The people fighting in the book of Nehemiah, the Jewish people, they're fighting. They had a prayer and they had a God to back them up. So, of course, they were going to win. They went into battle and they were prayed up. In today's society, we we pick up a gun, not just for no particular reason, because we don't like each other, or because we had a bad day, a fight with your wife, a fight with your husband. Know that the Bible, in the Bible, the God stood beside the people. I'm pretty sure that when you pick up that gun, you're not saying a prayer first. And if you are saying a prayer, you're not listening. You're not listening and you're not letting God intercede because God is not just going to tell you to pick up a weapon just to kill someone because you're having a bad day. And this is what we do in today's society. Now, they picked up weapons because they had to defend, excuse me, what they were trying to do because there were people that didn't want them to build this wall, people that didn't want to see this come to pass. So they had a reason to fight. Um, They wasn't out just to kill, just to be killing. They had to kill and protect themselves so they can build this wall. Remember, we're reading out the Old Testament. Now, you have to remember that Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. So when he died, his Holy Spirit, he left upon us to fight for us. Things are different when you go into the New Testament. This is the Old Testament. This is before Jesus Christ came, before he came and died for our sins and put himself in a a position to be the Lamb. And he is the Father, the Son, 
and the Holy Ghost. He is sovereign above all. Now he's our shield. I know it's hard because we get angry. We get mad. We want to get back. We want to get even. But that's not the way the Prince of Peace tells us to do. He tells us for him to fight his uh, battles. When we pick up our shield in today's society, our shield should be our faith. Our shield should be our belief in God. Believe that he's going to fix whatever it is. God is on our side. That's better than any weapon you can ever pick up. He will fight for you, and he will fight for your family. Now, also during that time of the uh, uh, building of the wall, there was a lot going on amongst the people uh, that were left, those that were not taken into captivity. Just like in today's society, there's always something going on. The same thing there. Here they were trying to build a wall, uh, trying to fight off people that were trying to stop them from building a wall. And at the same time, and, and the people that were fighting were noblemen, were priests, were people of some type of wealth, um, as well as the people that were poor. Everyone got together to rebuild the wall. So what's going on here now is there is now crying the land. There's a famine. There's a famine going on. There's a famine going on, and people were starving. They were mortgaging their lands, their vineyards, borrowing money to buy grain, wheat, and corn. Um, and they also still had to pay taxes. So all of this is going on at the same time um, of them trying to build a wall. So just like in today's society, progress is still being made, but wars are still being fought. People are still starving. It's still going on in in today's society. So I'm going to read chapter, I'm going to read from chapter 5, and I'm going to read 1 through 6. Okay, here, here it is. And there was a great outcry of the people and their wives against their Jewish brethren, brethren. For there were those who said, We, our sons and our daughters, are many. Therefore, let us get grain that we may eat and live. There were also some who said, We have mortgaged our lands and vineyards and houses that we might buy grain because of the famine. There were also those who said, We have borrowed money for the king's tax on our lands and vineyards. Yet now our flesh is as the flesh of our brethren. Our children as their children, and indeed we are forcing our sons and daughters to be slaves, and some of our daughters have been brought into slavery. It is not in our power to redeem them, for other men have our lands and our vineyards. So they were their their own sons and daughters were uh into slavery and they couldn't get them back. They couldn't get them back because they didn't have they didn't have their lands. Um, <clears throat> and the thing about this debt, the thing about this debt is that it was owed by their own people. Okay, it was their own people that were enslaving their daughters. 
It was their own people that were taking away their land. So you have a broken people, a people who have lost half of uh, their genealogy, really, fighting building to build a wall, not just for one person, but for the city, those that live in the city, those same noblemen, those same uh, 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 priests and things that were helping to build this wall was also um, enslaving their own people because their people had to pay, had to borrow money from them for just to eat because there was a famine in the land. So you got people taken from people just like in our uh in in our in our societies. These were people with affluence who had money that was doing this to their own people. It's kind of like a black on black crime. This was like a Jewish on Jewish crime. People they were just taken from each other. So it it was so much, and it had gotten so bad to the point that Nehemiah heard this, and he became angry. He he got angry over this whole thing, and it just didn't sit so well with him. He was not he was not uh, happy about this because he himself had lent money. He himself had had lent money out to people. Now in today's uh, society, we have the rich that are constantly taken, taken and taken and taken from the poor. Here in 2018, I mean, biblical times they did it. They The people were already broken down, but that didn't stop their own people from collecting uh, what they had and what they didn't have. They had to give up, enslave their daughters. And this was your, your own people. In today's society, they're doing it to us. And we're all considered, regardless of what, uh, nationality or what race we're all considered Americans those that are here legally anyway we're all considered Americans so Americans are doing it to Americans the black community is doing it in a black community the Jewish community is still doing it in the Jewish community the white Hispanic is people it's it's greed it's just a matter of greed they know that people got to eat they know that people got to eat um, right here in the U.S., we have people that are starving. Every time you turn around, the government is putting another tax on us. Every time you turn around, doesn't matter who goes into office, they're always putting another tax. And it doesn't matter whether it's Virginia or it's a, whether it is the state that you live in. For example, this is a good example for me. Here in Virginia, we didn't have tolls on our tunnels and our roads. Now we have these tolls that they put up. And the purpose of the tolls was to help repair the bridges and the roads and things like things of that sort because they were not sure where they would get the money. So they put these tolls up. Matter of fact, over the weekend I went to went through the toll, the Portsmouth tunnel, and it cost three dollars and some change just to go one way. So it was a six dollar it would cost me $6 to get back and forth. And that was ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Now, on a weekday, they lower it down to, I think it's 173 a day. But um, even that's a lot when you add that up, when you weren't paying anything. But the purpose of the tunnels is to fix up the infrastructure, the, the streets, the bridges, and, and things of that thing, 
of that sort. Now, when Hurricane Florence came, they had to shut down a tunnel for two days. I think it's two or three days. And the news were talking about how um, the government elects, some of the government people in government were complaining because they lost $80,000 in three days. They lost $80,000 in revenue in three days. Now, the thing is, if you're making all of this money in revenue, and we're talking about people that have to go back and forth of the bridge that they're just that are making twenty thousand, that are making thirty thousand a year, and they still have to pay that toll. So they don't care. They don't care how how uh, uh, how much the people are struggling. Um, if you make a certain amount of money, you, you're put into a tax bracket. You're either considered as poor, uh, middle class, or or rich. So if you're making twenty to 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 forty thousand dollars a year, you're con- you're not considered really as uh um in the rich class. If you go if you're up to forty or more, you're considered think you're going into a lower middle class or something like that. But for the people that are not making it, can you imagine paying that much tax? I'm pretty sure some of you can, especially if you live in New York. But you get paid a lot of money in New York. I I just think everything is just so unbalanced. So, but now, once the bridge is done, once the bridges are done and the roads are repaired and all of this sort of stuff, do you think they're going to take that tax away? (laughs) I doubt, seriously. Heck no, heck no, they're not going to take that tax away. They're going to spend that money, and the money's going to go into government and into the politician. It's just enslaving of your own people. The same thing they were doing in Nehemiah days is what's happening in our day. Only difference is the dates change. The dates change, the people changed, but the characters and the personality and the greed is always there. The rich get richer, the poor get poorer, <laughs> and soon the middle class is probably going to be, we're the ones that's feeding the middle of it. And it's its a—it's uh, a shame. It's a shame. You see, my diamonds, things are not so much different from biblical times as they are in uh, in these times. We're just talking about our government that's doing it. Let's compare it with people in our community that feed off of each other, the poor and the middle class. Let's they feed off each other. The, the uh, poor feed off the middle class. Everybody feeds off the middle class. The rich feed off the middle class, and the poor feed off the middle class. Okay, so it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, charging people ridiculous amounts, ridiculous amounts. Now, uh, you know. I don't want to go off the subject, but I'm just going to say this a little bit. This weekend, I went to a festival. Uh, there were vendor booths that were set up set up in a in a um, in the festival. Now, the festival was not in a wealthy part of town. It wasn't. So why are you in the in the festival charging ridiculous amounts of money? 
you know, this was a, a predominantly black festival in a predominantly black community that you could tell was not a rich community. So you have a festival here to raise money, but you're you charging your prices are so ridiculous on the things that you charge. That's feeding off of your own people. And then if you don't make the money, you want to say, oh, black folks don't buy nothing. But you put you you put something in an area that that they can't afford it. I mean, a pair of earrings was was ten dollars, and you know, and I hear people say, "Oh, well, you go to Macy's or Dillard's to spend that much." Yeah, but you, Macy's or Dillard's is in a place where people from certain wealth and and, and have the money. They go to the Japanese hair store and get a nice pair of earrings for three dollars. Sometimes even a dollar. I mean, just think about it. You you feeding off of your own people. People who live in rich areas can afford to pay richer prices. People who live in poor areas can afford what's reasonable for their pockets. So at the end of the day, when you pack up your shop and you sell, and you you are you're you're upset because you didn't make any money. Blame yourself because you should have put your prices lower and more reasonable for your uh for people to uh pay for it. And that's not just for black feeding off of black, that's for whites and Hispanic, Indian, Asian, people of all types that live in poor areas. Poor areas are not just for black people anymore. It's a melting pot of poor people and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, to go back to what was going on, there are some things. Um, so I'm going to go ahead to a song right now. <laughs> I'm going to go to my own strength because that's all they had was their own strength because they're, they had people within their community that was feeding all of them. So here is uh, Whitney Houston with uh, My Own Strength. With my soul, I had nowhere to turn, I had nowhere to go. Lost sight of my dream, thought it would be the end of me. I I thought I'd never make it through, I had no hope to hold on to. I didn't know my own strength And I crashed down And I tumbled But I did not Crumble I got through all the pain I didn't know my own strength Survived my darkest hour My faith kept me alive I picked myself back up Pulled my head up high I was not built to break Never find my 
Jerusalem didn't know their own strength until they start picking up weapons. But at the same time, they're also starving because the people within the same city that they're trying to build a wall are are pretty much persecuting their own people. They 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 have them under restraints because in order for them to buy grain and food corn that they needed for their families, they had to mortgage their vineyards and things like this of sort to their own people who were behaving like loan sharks. They were charging them ridiculous amounts of interest that the people could not pay. The Jewish people were doing it right within their own community to the Jewish people. And even though in uh, in Exodus, chapter 20, uh, verse 25, they were told, this is what they were told when they were laying the law in the new land. It says that if you lend money to any of my people who are poor, you're not supposed to charge interest on it. They didn't care. They were going against, uh, uh, they were going against their own laws. They were charging people interest poor people that could not pay interest and they were taking their lands and vineyards in exchange. Now today's interest prices, uh, we wouldn't even talk about that. They, they were feeding off their people. And today we feed off our people and it's not just in the black community. It's everywhere. It's in every community. People are feeding off of each other. And that's not how um, it was meant to be. Now, now, Nehemiah realizing this going on during the building of the wall, the people crying, they're, they're hungry, they can't pay stuff, enslaving their daughters at the same time trying to all build this wall at the same time. And he, he realized within himself that he had loaned money to people to buy grain. And he had taken some of their land as collateral for the same thing. So now he's seeing how this is hurting the people because he also was guilty of doing the same thing. You could be listening to me today and and selling something that you know that is is overpriced and it's not really affordable to the people in the neighborhood you're trying to sell this to. That's just wrong. That's just wrong. It's the same as the the vendors charging ridiculous prices for charging Neiman Marcus prices. And living in a, in a neighborhood that, that couldn't afford Neiman Marcus, 
why do why do we do that as a people? Why do we do that to our own people? It's because of greed. It's because of greed. So this is what happens when Nehemiah realizes what's going on. He said to them, he says, uh, chapter 7, he says, uh, I mean, chapter 5, verse 7, after serious thought, the nobles and rulers, and said to each of them, each of you is exacting usury from his brother. So he called the great assembly against him. And said to them, according to our ability, we have redeemed our Jewish brethren who were sold to the nations. Now, indeed, will you even sell your brethren or should they be sold to us? Then they were silenced and found nothing to say. So he asked them, would you sell your brethren after being redeemed, after getting back uh some of our people, which they hadn't really got the people back yet, but they were in the process of being redeemed, getting their people back. And they're telling them, now after they have been in slavery, you're going to enslave them <laughs> with your prices and your interests and things you know. I mean, it takes a minute to rebuild something back. The people in South Carolina whose whose houses are in five feet of water, regardless of whether they have some type of money or not, unless you're liquid and have several houses in different places. But most likely these are working people. It's going to take them time to rebuild. It's going to take them time to get to get their stuff back. Now, it's like them doing that and someone, the government coming across them, okay, we're going to charge you for doing X, Y, Z, which I'm pretty sure that a lot of things they're not going to be able to get back. But that's enslaving of your own people. So they were silent. They didn't know what to say because they were wrong. They were wrong and they knew they were wrong, but being greedy and selfish, they continued to do this to their own people. Then I said, back to Nehemiah um five nine I'm at. Then I said, What are you doing what you're doing is not good. Should you not walk in the fear of God because of the reproach of the nations. Now, reproach means disapprovement, disappointment, okay, if it's just in case, because um, it's used a lot in the Bible. I also, with my brethren and my servants, am leading them and am lending them money for grain and grass. Please let us stop this usury, he says. Let us stop it. Restore now to them, even this day, their hands, their vineyards, their olive groves, their houses, also a hundred of the money and the grain, the new wine and the oil that you have charged them. So they said, we will restore it and will require nothing from them. We will do as you say. Then he called the pe- the priest and require an oath from them that they would do according to the promise. Now, this is the promise that uh, that he had them, that he made with them. Then I shook out the fold of my garment and said, So may God shake out each man from his house and from his property who does not perform this promise. Even thus may he be shaken out and emptied, 
And all of the assembly said, Amen, and they praised the Lord. Then the people did according to the promise. So after he spoke to the people and realized what he himself was doing, he had to make a promise. Now, once you make a promise to God, you have to stick with that promise. You can't make promises to God and don't stick to them. It's best that you not promise at all. I know a lot of times we get caught up in, in things and we say, Lord, if if you do this for me, I promise you I'll give you some praise. I'll say my prayers. You know, we get in situations that either are trouble or it's money we want or it's something else that we want. And we we say a prayer and we speak to God and we promise him something that we did not fulfill. Be careful. Whoa. (laughs) Be careful your promises. Don't promise God something that you're not going to fulfill because he will get his in the end. In the end, you will not win this. Now, in today's society, there, the government is not going to say, uh, forgive the the debt, the usury. They're not going to stop using us. <laughs> That's what's different in, today, in today's society. We're not going to get it. Even the student loan forgiveness program is now um, saying that they're not even taking any more students for forgiveness. I don't know. The forgiveness never came my way. I would love for them to forgive some of my student loan debt, and I'm pretty sure there's a lot of you out there that would like that too. Uh, but uh, that's just not happening. Now, that's different in today's society. He 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 asked them to to uh, to uh, give the restore the people back what they they needed give them back their land give them back their vineyards so they can eat and they can provide for their families in today's society our government don't care whether we can provide for our family (laughs) now eventually some time goes by and nehemiah he's appointed the governor of judea and he served as a governor for 12 years And during the 12 years that he served as governor, Nehemiah did not take provisions from him being a governor. Him nor any of his brothers ate the governor's provision. Now, chapter 515 says, But for former governors who were before me laid burdens on the people, and they took from them bread and wine besides 40 shekels of silver. Even, yes, Even their servants bore rule over the people, but I did not do so because of the fear of God. Indeed, I also continued the work of his wall, and we did not buy any land. All of my servants were gathered there for the work. So he didn't take anything. He he. He didn't take uh, what other governors had did, charge people money and and take land. He didn't do all that. And he did that uh, for the purpose for God to remember him. He was thinking more of a bigger picture. There's a bigger picture that we don't think of. Some of us live for the here and now. I'm going to get mine. I'm going to get mine while I'm here. And sometimes getting yours can get you in hell. I mean, true. I mean, real talk. You know, so uh, Nehemiah, what he wanted from from um, from God was for him to remember him. He wanted him to remember this good deed that uh, that he was doing. That's all he do. Um, 
And he says, it says here that Nehemiah says, remember me, my God, for good, according to all that I have done for this people. What have you done for anyone lately besides yourself? He asked God to remember him for the good. He didn't take any provision. Now, in today's society, we have, I don't know of any politician that's not going to take their share. They're going to take their share and some. Our president, Donald Trump, when he went into office, he said that he was not going to take the president's salary. The president's salary, I think, is about $200,000 a year. He said he wasn't going to take that salary. Now, I don't know if he still stuck to it because he's so busy doing everything else (laughs) that no one... Uh, speaks on that so I don't because he's already a wealthy man so I don't really know uh, whether he is has not taken that that salary but most politicians they think they take their provisions and some they they don't care that's today's society now come to pass that sand ballot these are the people that have plotted against Nehemiah's but they're still at it they're not going to stop they're still trying to tear they're still trying to tear stuff apart so it is they have no fear but they don't realize that they're fighting against the people who has a god on their side and they're declaring the war that they're declaring is not just against the people they're declaring a war against god and that's dangerous Here is Charles Jenkins and War. I'll be right back.
that song. I love that song. That song gets you in the mood to pray. <laughs> it gets you in the mood to just break out when there's war going on around you, when there are so many people trying to tear apart what you're trying to do. They're trying to tear you down. They're starting war, and a war against God's people is a war against him, and we all should know that. If you're a believer, and it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter at this point with some people, whether you're saved or not, you have to believe. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you are saved. You are saved. You are a part of God's kingdom, and he will fight for you. So now it come to pass that Sanballat, I don't really know how to pronounce his name, so I'm going to say Sanballat because that is the way it's spelled, Tobiah. And Gisham, the Arabian, these were the ones that were trying to cause trouble that was picking at them, that they, it's because of them that they have to build with one hand pretty much and fight with the other hand because of the, of them right here. So now that he's settled the outcry in the city for, for food and the people are, were forgiven of their debts and by their own people so that they can continue to focus on the war. Because, see, when you try to focus on, I mean, focus on the wall, excuse me, when you try to focus on something, God throws little things at you, little things, big things, just to distract you, just to cause a distraction to stop you from keeping your eye on that goal. And that is what these three people purpose was to keep their, to distract them. So now they hear that the wall is, is being built and it's being built strong. There's no breaks. There's no leaks. That wall is strong. So that really upset them. Now, it doesn't really say, or I haven't came across why these, they don't want the wall to be built, but it's just like, like I said last week, uh, people in your community, people within your family that are constantly doing things because they don't want it built. And when they see things getting back together, when they see your community building up, when the people who don't want your marriage to work out to see your marriage work out, when people that don't want you to be friends with someone, uh, that friendship work out, when people when your job and, and you're at its best and people around you that don't want to see that, they get angry when they find out that it's happening. They just, That upsets them because that is not what they want. They want you to stay down. They want to keep you down. They want to keep you broken. So at this point, there was a, a substantial amount of progress that was done to that ball, to that wall. So now they're going to try to, they, they're still throwing things at him. So now Sanballat, and who had a lot of influence in the uh, in Jerusalem, because he had people that was with him that didn't want this wall built. And, and they were in within the Jewish community too. Everybody that is within your 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 tribe, your your friends, your family is not for you. There are some people that are against you and they use people they use others to get back at you. So now he wants to he wants to consult with Nehemiah. So Sanbella uh keeps sending sending a request to Nehemiah to meet with him. But Nehemiah he refused. He kept refusing. Nehemiah refused Sanballat four times. He 
refused him four times, and the fourth time he refused. So, so the fifth time, gonna try something desperate. He's gonna try something def- desperate. So this is what happens on uh, the fifth time. We're in chapter six. Okay, verse five says, "Then sound Sanballat sends his servant." to me as before the fifth time with an open letter in his hand and it was written so this is what was written in the letter it is a report among the nations of Jesim saying that you and the Jews plan to rebel therefore according to these rumors you are rebuilding the wall that you may be their king and you have and you also have appointed prophets to proclaim Claim concerning you at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah. Now these matters will be reported to the king, so come there, be, come there, so come therefore, and let us consult together. Now, how am I going to believe you? So, so then Nehemiah said, Nehemiah said to him, No such things are being done but you invent them in your own heart. So Nehemiah knew. He knew. So he knows that (laughs) he sent a letter to the king. Anything as a distraction. There's another distraction to to stop things from happening. So he's going to go talking about a report that's going out to the king saying that he is now, that Nehemiah has made himself king. Okay. (laughs) Now it's really something how a piece of document can cause so much trouble. A piece of document can be a write-up. It can be someone writing writing you up. It can be a disclaimer that someone had you sign at your job just to cause trouble. People just don't want you to succeed. Sanballat and Tobiah and Jessam, they did not want to see Nehemiah succeed. So they are trying everything. So here is what they, so now they send this letter and uh, says all this stuff in the letter. Nehemiah, no, it's not true. Nehemiah is not believing the letter. He says no such thing. He knows that the, the lies were invented. See, Satan is a lie. <laughs> he is. <laughs> so now he's going to use uh, someone that Nehemiah knows someone that he I don't I don't know if he trusts him but he knows him and his name is uh Shimia. Now he's gonna use Shimia. Shimia is actually an informant that he's going to use uh for it. So now I'm gonna to go to chapter six verses ten uh through in verse ten. It says afterwards I came to the house of Shimea, the son of the son of Delilah, the son of Mehebel, Mehetbel, who was a secret informer. And he said, Let us meet together in the house of God within the temple. Let us close the door of the temple, for they are coming to kill you. Indeed, at night they will come to kill you. Okay, and I said, Should such a man as I flee? And who is there such as I who would go into the temple to save my life? Will I will not go in. So see, he knew 
the law. You have to know the law. You can't have people just give you things or say things and you not know what to do or what the right response is. And it's called discernment. (laughs) You can't have somebody come to you and tell you that, hey, uh, the police are going to come and arrest you and you know you didn't do the crime. So this is what uh, you can't have someone hold up a piece of paper and try to get you in trouble for that piece of paper when you know the law and you know what you've done and you also know you have a God to stand on. So so what Shimia was trying to do was to get Nehemiah to hold up the progress of the wall. All of this is still plotting against the wall. Now, uh, Sanballat paid Shimia to do this. This is how desperate he was not to have that wall built. You have some people that just don't want to see progress made and will do anything to stop it, to stand in your way. What he was attempting to do is to get Nehemiah to commit a ritual transgression, which would thereby have him discredited. That's what he was doing. See, Nehemiah is a layman. A layman is someone who is not ordained by a member of the church. And according to Jewish uh, rituals back in Numbers 18.7, in Numbers 18.7, it says, Therefore, you and your sons with you shall attend to your priesthood for everything at the altar and behind the veil, and you shall serve. I give your priesthood to you as a gift for service, but the outsider who comes near shall be put to death. Now, he knew that uh, Nehemiah wasn't a prince, um, excuse me, wasn't um, a priest. Nehemiah wasn't a priest. Nehemiah was a layman, an ordinary person who was not ordained. Only the priest could enter the temple according to law. So he's going to tell uh, Nehemiah to meet, let's go meet him in the temple so they can talk and discuss this, knowing that not only will he be discredited, but he'll also die. Because, see, in those days, God didn't play. When he set a law, he set a law. That was met. And, see, people try to set traps for you in our lives. They purposely put things, they purposely come into our lives to set traps for you. They purposely do things in our community, politicians as well, to set traps for the people. They did not want that wall built, and they were trying everything to get uh, um, to get Nehemiah. But see, God gave Nehemiah discernment. He gave him discernment, and that discernment is the ability to judge. And Nehemiah saw it. He saw what he was doing. He saw what he was doing. He didn't fall for it. And that's what you when you pray, pray for discernment. Pray that the the decisions that you are making every day that affect your relationships with your uh your job and the if you're doing any type of service for the community. Pray for discernment that you do the right thing and don't go into it with greed looking for to get a reward or money or something out of it. Go into it with a pure heart. And then that's what 
Nehemiah had, and he saw what they were trying to do. You don't mess with someone that knows the law. You're a dangerous person if you know the law. The police don't even want to mess with you if you know the law. And if you don't know the law, be a warrior. Be a prayer warrior. At least know how to pray. You have to see but that. But see, uh, uh, vengeance is is God. So what he did was he asked God. He uh, he asked God. He said, my God, remember Tobiah and Sanbel according to their works. And there was a prophetess, too, that they had got to help them. And the prophetess, Nodiah, and the rest of the prophets, who would have made me afraid they were they wanted to stop this wall from being built um so he prays a prayer of vengeance to the lord and pretty much that's what that prayer was and there's nothing wrong with that type of prayer using the lord as a tool to manipulate people and gain power using the the word, God's word, using his word as a tool to manipulate people and to gain power over them. This is a type of ploy that's trickery. It involves a revelation claim, an alleged word from the Lord, and not just from one person. Sometimes it could be from a whole bunch of people that's saying, for you to do that. Sometimes it can be in the church. It's the, it's the definition as the congregation. Well, the congregation says <laughs> it can be it can be them. It can be in the under many different names, different type of organization. Uh, it's a it's a different type of name for plots. These are people that want to instill fear or intimidate you into doing something that they want you to do. Including with that are gossipers. They're all part of the propaganda to continuously put doubt into you, put fear into you. That's not going to stop or make Nehemiah. He was not scared. In today's society, on the outside of the church, there are cliques. You got my girlfriends, my boys, my girls, group of people to cause fear or intimidate you to make you do things that they want you to do. And that's what Sanballat wanted. He used Shimea to go to Nehemiah to get him to go into a place that he knew that he was not allowed to, to get him discredited, to get him killed. But because of discernment, he did not do that. There are certain things that are going to come past you that you have to pray for discernment because they are not exactly the right moves and not in the right direction that God wants you to be or in that you don't want to be. People will use documentation that you sign, documentation that they have. But see, if you know the law and you have discernment and you pray for that discernment, these people will not get away. They are there to stop you. They are there to stop you from your plans. And that's what Sand Ballot was there to do. He was there to stop Nehemiah. He didn't even care if it killed him. He used people that Nehemiah knew. Some people do anything. They'll sell their mama for a dollar. And that's what he did with with Shimea, and and Nehemiah asked God to 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 deal with them. This vengeance is not mine. You deal with them, Lord, because you know what they're trying to do. And these things are happening in our in our community and within a marriage. Um, 
you can uh, um, people link up together to give you a bad name in your community, your neighborhood, so that if you even try to help, they done ruined your reputation. Ain't nobody going to help you because they done spread the word out on you. Within the church, they may call themselves the, the saints, the organization, some type of clique in the church uh, that, that will try to manipulate you into doing things that they know is right. They try to keep the broken broken. They try to keep the broken down, but you are don't have it. Don't allow them to do it. See, that wall was finished. That wall was finished in June. It took 52 days to complete that wall. The wall was finished because Nehemiah had discernment. Nehemiah knew not to fall for any of the tricks and continue to build a wall, and the wall was successfully built. Whatever your wall is, whatever it is in your life, people are trying to stop you from doing because as soon as you do good, be it with your job, be it with your relationship, be it within your community that you're trying to do, there is always something that you got a sand ballot and a shimmya and a tobiah that's going to try to stand in your way. But see, you have a God on your side. And what they're doing is war. They didn't start a war against you. They started a war against God because you are God's property. And I have to go, and uh, on that note, remember that. Uh, You can read in between the chapters and in between the words of Nehemiah. Know that he did finish his wall, and you will finish your mission. You will finish your goal in life because you have a God on your side. You believe, and you pray, and you pray for discernment. Pray for discernment about the people that's coming into your life. Pray for discernment about the people that are very well in your life today that you may see them for who they are, that God may unveil them to you, and you're going to be just fine. You're going to be just fine. They People will try to keep you down when you're broken, but it ain't going to work because you're God's property. And on that note, I'm going to get out of here. And next week we will talk about uh, the law and what happened after the, the, law, um, the wall was built. I just really wanted to make sure we had got got to the part where the wall was built. <laughs> so here's uh, on that note, I'm going to leave with Matthew West with the broken. God bless you. God bless your day. Remember to pray, believe, and get in that Bible. Get at least a couple of words of, uh, of scripture in you. I hope what I said has influenced you to be more cur- curious and to read more and to see, and it helps you to see that what went on during biblical days is the same thing that's going on in our society today. And this is Lena Jones, and I am out, and here's uh, Matthew West with his song, Broken. <laughs>